you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. When it comes to men and women, typically men are known to be more logical while women are known to be more emotional. And many times we as women see this as a weakness when we should see this as a superpower. The ability to look inward and make decisions based on intuition can serve us well and prevent us from burning out in the long run. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Nicole Brand. Nicole is a network marketer and coach who is passionate about helping women operate their businesses from alignment. We chatted all about attraction marketing, personal branding, niche, and how we can show up as our authentic selves to grow our businesses. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for being a guest on Directly Different this week. I'm so excited to chat with you. Hey, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. All right. So to get us started, will you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Yeah, of course. So I am a mom of two girls. They were two under two at one point, but now they are (laughs) three and five, one calendar year apart, which is a fun fact. So they're only one grade apart and we're almost out of daycare years. Hooray. I am also located in Canada, which I don't know, makes people think I live in an igloo sometimes. It's not true, but I do like hockey (laughs) and there's lots of snow here. So Yes. Checking all those Canadian boxes. Do you like poutine? Of course. Okay, good. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) I love poutine. I love bacon. Oh, bacon. Okay. Yes. Canadian bacon and maple syrup. Those are, those are are our foods. Yeah. All delicious. The only foods you eat, right? I'm sure. Right. (laughs) You eat poutine, bacon, and maple syrup. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like Buddy the Elf, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. We love Canada, of course. We I know we chatted about this before, but we live very close to Canada here in Michigan. And I also have a Canadian sister-in-law. So we have, I wouldn't say Canadian in our blood, but we are very partial to our Canadian neighbors to the north. So <laughs> amazing. Yes, we love, we love the US too. We travel there all the time. All right, Nicole. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in social selling and network marketing. It's been almost four years ago now that you have been in the industry. So tell us about how you jumped in and what made you join and your story. That's right. Okay. So it actually comes back to those two girls of mine. Um, I was 37 weeks pregnant with Zoe, who's my youngest daughter. And I actually really struggled on my first maternity leave. So this is all tying in so well, but in Canada, we get a one-year maternity leave. And so I had spent a year off with my older daughter, Olivia, and I really struggled with postpartum anxiety and also just feeling this like loss of identity and loss of purpose and not to sound in any kind of way, you know, but 
you're so used to working. I was so used to working. And so just being home all day, just taking care of this baby. And so I got pregnant quite quickly again after returning to work. I actually found out I was pregnant with Zoe the day before I went back to work on my one-year mat leave. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It was totally unplanned. So when it was time to go on my second mat leave, when I was about to start my second mat leave, I just kept thinking to myself, I can't have the same experience. I need to make the second time different. And I had been thinking about all these different business opportunities and I was brainstorming and, you know, I'm like, what can I do to make this just to have something of my own in this one year and when I'm going to be home with, you know, a toddler and a baby. And a friend of mine at the time was doing network marketing. And I was like, Hey, I messaged her one day. I was like, Hey, I'm going to send me your link. I'm going to join up under you. And she was like, what? She wasn't recruiting at the time. She wasn't trying to build a team. Um, and I know this is, I'm, I'm a unicorn, right? Because we all just pray for this to happen in network marketing. And so she, she sent me her link and I joined and I remember hosting a launch party and it went really well. And I had a lot of, it, it just, it panned out really well. And I was like, that was so fun. <laughs> I love that. It was, it was just great. And I, then I got my paycheck and was like, wow, that, you know, it was way bigger. I think in my first pay, paycheck, I made $650 and I was expecting, I went in with the mindset of thinking like, if I could cover the cost of my products while I'm on maternity leave, that is my goal. Um, plus, you know, just have some extra community and as something else to think about. And I quickly kind of fell in love with the business model and the idea that I had the power to control how much I made, you know, like if I was getting out there and talking to people and selling, I could make more money. So I think I would say I joined because I wanted it to be about me, but it quickly, I quickly saw the potential in the business opportunity and started running with it. And then my mentor was like, ah, (laughs) I have to keep up. And so we actually kind of in parallel built these really big businesses together, which was never her intention. Um, but sometimes it just takes somebody to light that fire under you to get going. Right. And so that was in September of, it started in September of 2019 and fast forward six months, we went into full on lockdown in 2021, 2020, no 2020. So I was at home then with a five month old breastfeeding with a two-year-old um, and my husband was an essential worker on shift work. So he was gone 13 hour days. And honestly, having my network marketing, like my, that community saved me. It was, it was, I don't even like to think about those days. You know, I can get, I get goosebumps thinking about it, but having, yeah, having that community and that job and just that diversion was exactly what I needed. And I was so thankful to myself for just taking a chance on something. I had no idea what the outcome would be. Yes, I know. And we are coming up to that time of year where it's a little bit of PTSD and I can't even imagine. I mean, being in Canada was, I mean, I I hate to say worse. I mean, it was worse, (laughs) but it was just, just more intense over there. And so I can't even imagine what you went through over there, but 
yeah, it is that time of year where I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> is something like something's going to happen. I don't know. You kind of get that sense of dread, even just coming three years, three whole years later. And it's still, you kind of feel that like pit in your stomach when it comes up to March, <laughs> we all get that feeling. Yeah, it was, it was really bad here. Like, I think we spent something like 200 days in a year in lockdown. Like we couldn't go anywhere. So it was really, it was a hard time. We don't have to talk about COVID. No, right. No, we don't. don't. We're stronger people for it, honestly. And we're just glad to be on this side of it. Right. (laughs) A hundred percent. And I think if we, if it hadn't played out that way, we might not be here today. Right. So we can't change the past just moving forward, but I'm so thankful anyway for, I'm so thankful for the way that it all panned out because it actually, the way that my business grew and the way that I was able to sort of build in that one year that I had off showed me that there was an opportunity to leave my corporate job, um, which was a job I had been doing for 10 years. And you know how it is being a woman, you I wanted to leave. I wanted to switch jobs or, you know, do something different, but I also knew I was going to be trying to start a family and going on maternity leaves. And I needed the security of the job that I had. Um, and there's always guilt associated with like, Oh, if I start something new and then get pregnant, what's anyone going to think? And that's such a horrible mindset to have. And I think that landscape is changing too. I hope it is. Um, but anyway, I felt trapped until I did this until I joined this thing and I had no idea. I had no foresight when I joined where it was going to lead me. But after that one year of maternity leave, I went back and I told my husband, I, this is, I have an exit plan and I will go back for one year and I'm going to continue to build my business. And then I'm going to leave. And he kind of looked at me like I had three heads and I was like, not kidding. (laughs) Yes. And you had that vision. You had that goal. So what was that transition like? Did you tell your employer at the beginning of that plan or was it kind of near the, like, you, did you have that in your mind? Like, okay, I'm just going to tell them, you know, at the last minute, at the last time possible that I can tell them, but what was that transition like? Tell us about that. Um, I definitely didn't give them any kind of forewarning. It was, it's a tricky thing because I think a lot of people go back to corporate with a side hustle. And I was working from home too, which allowed me to spend time on my business, but you have to be very cautious of what's being seen on the internet and how your time is being spent and all of that. So it was a juggle. It was a lot to work my 40 hours, take care of my two toddler babies and build my business. But I was so passionate. I had the vision. I had the belief. I knew, like I had already decided, you know, that I was going to pursue this because I was so passionate about it. It really lit that fire inside of me versus something that I had been doing for 10 years that was just sucking my soul, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so the transition, it was really all on my end. I was putting all the pieces together and having a lot of conversations with my husband and um, with my best friend who was a coach. And, you know, she was kind of coaching me through getting out of my head and into my body and not so much listening to logic, but listening to my intuition and all of those things you need to do to be able to make these really big, scary decisions. And so, yeah, once I, I kind of waited it out until I got a bonus. So there, I waited until I got my bonus at my corporate job. And then I, um, I let my, gave my two weeks resignation and 
What was that first day like after transitioning to a brand new career of stay at home, work at home mom? What was that first day like? How'd you feel? It was so surreal. I remember I went to my favorite coffee shop and I sat there for three hours and I think there was a sale going on in my company and it was so, I was just, you know how exciting it is when there's a sale and I was messaging everyone and drinking my coffee and I'm like, oh my God, this is the best life. So here you are almost a year later, still enjoying that work from home life. I love it. It is, it truly is, it, it, it is the dream. I hate to be cliche, but it really is like living a dream. So Nicole, you are passionate about sharing how we can grow our businesses, our social selling businesses without resorting to outdated business building methods, which it's funny because outdated can mean, you know, methods that we used back that our moms used back in the nineties, or it can refer to methods that we used, you know, three, four years ago. So what are some of the shifts that you are seeing in the industry when it comes to these business building methods? Yeah. That's so funny because it really all ties in so well. When I first started building my business in the days of COVID, everything was on Facebook, right? Facebook parties, Facebook groups, Facebook, everything. (laughs) Um, And after about two years of hosting Facebook parties, multiple parties a week, I would say, evenings, weekends, I think everyone started burning out. I was burning out. I know I was burning out. The audience started burning out too, right? Everybody sort of became hyper aware of what these Facebook parties were and what they meant. And fewer people started accepting. Fewer people were accepting invites. Fewer people were showing up. Fewer people were shopping through these parties. And so for me, that kind of became, I was like, how am I going to, how am I going to shift this? right? I don't want to be approaching people and begging my friends and family to host Facebook parties anymore. I did that. I did it for a little bit and it's, it stopped feeling good. And so I think, yeah, like you said, there are so many shifts and we're so lucky to have the virtual access to our networks that our families didn't have or, or prior. And when I say family, my mom was actually in network marketing. And this is something I didn't realize until after I joined my company. And she's like, remember when I did Mary Kay, uh, or she used to host Mary Kay parties. And then she also sold Weekender, which was a clothing line. So funny. Um, but I do remember I would help her package up orders and mail things out. And I remember that she would have to go away for weekends to conferences and stuff. And it's so funny. Cause I'm like, wow, maybe, maybe this is in my blood and I didn't even know it. <laughs> You know, it's not something that you, you really grow up thinking I'm going to be a network marketer or a social seller, but yeah. So, I mean, the, the way that they did, it was all in person at your house. And I mean, post COVID that was not an option either, right? People were so hesitant to get in person and touch people, germs, right? All of, all of the concerns around that. And so for me, I just, I knew that I needed to shift my business from parties to just being able to show up and leverage my personal brand and my Instagram platform. I've built my business mostly on Instagram. Now that is even shifting to TikTok and there is so much potential on TikTok. So, I mean, I think it's an ever-changing landscape and just being aware of what feels most aligned for you is really the key to 
building a sustainable business and not burning out. Yes, absolutely. And I think what you said about consumers these days, customers, clients, whatever you call them, they are hyper aware. They do see through, you know, that, you know, Facebook invite. And like you said, people are kind of fatigued with that now. And so being able to roll with the punches and roll with the changes is something that all of us is a quality that all of us need to possess as social sellers because it changes literally every day and we can't predict it. We just have to move along and change with it. One other thing I think that has changed is pitching in DMs or sending cold call messages. And this actually happened to me recently, which is funny because I teach people not to do this. If you, if the person had looked at all on my feed, they would see so many examples where I'm like, don't pitch in the DMs. Um, and somebody messaged me saying, Hey, can I, um, send you a, a post and will you put it up on your feed and I'll give you some free product. And I was like, what? <laughs> And I, I wanted to be kind and respectful in my reply, but I just said, you know, if, if I knew you, I might consider it, but I don't know you. And these are things I think that used to work. Um, these strategies where you could kind of slide into someone's DMS and pitch them an opportunity to earn something or a free product or earn some money and, and maybe their ears are going to perk up and you can get into conversation. And the possibility of that translating into an actual sale or, you know, recruit or relationship even down the road, I think is diminishing quickly, right? We, the consumers were smart and it's not really acceptable anymore to run your business that way. Yes, I agree. You're right. Cause it used to be, oh, what is this? Sure. I'll check it out. And then now it's like, yeah, I know it. I know what you're up to. <laughs> Don't try that with me. A way that you have grown your business, Nicole, is through attraction marketing. So will you share with us a little bit? I know we all probably know what attraction marketing is, but how have you implemented attraction marketing into your business and how can we as social sellers implement this more into our businesses? Okay. Yes. I'm so glad you asked that. Attraction marketing, I think is kind of a bit of a buzzword. So you may have heard it. I'm, I remember I used to hear it floating around all the time and I didn't really truly know what it meant. I knew it meant that you wanted to attract people to you and that sounded great. And so as the landscape sort of was shifting and I could feel the shift and I didn't want to be spending all my time doing these Facebook parties anymore, I started looking into how can I learn and how can I teach my downline how to build their businesses in a different way. And that's when I came across attraction marketing. And I had a friend who was kind of coaching on attraction marketing. She was a sideline in my company. And so I reached out to her and was like, I need, I was like, can I book a meeting with you? I'll pay you. Just tell me what I need to do. Um, but I need to pick your brain. I need to know what you're doing because I can see that it's working and it's what I want to be doing. And I really encourage everyone, if if you see somebody who is somewhere that you want to be, reach out to them, right? You, you have nothing to lose from doing that and everything to gain. And so she was fantastic. And she said, no, no, you don't have to pay me. Let's hop on a Zoom call. I'm happy to chat. And so that was kind of the start of this journey that I, this rabbit hole I went down of learning all things attraction marketing. And so she had actually taken a program and had created a course. And so I hopped into her course 
And after completing her course, we spoke more and, and she kind of referred me into her program that she took because she said, if you want to, if you want to really master this and like learn all of the skills, this is where to go. And so I invested in a really high ticket um, coaching course that was attractionmarketing.com. Like it is all about, they are the founders of attraction marketing and it changed the way I thought about my business. It changed the way I ran my business. It changed the way I caught my downline and grew my business. And it has really been so incredible. And so the foundation of attraction marketing, really what it comes down to is showing up as your most authentic self. And I think it's so easy for us online to throw on filters, literally and figuratively, right? We're filtering ourselves all the time. What do people want to see? How can I act like so-and-so? How can I, you know, become an influencer like somebody else? We're always comparing ourselves. And I think trying to fit into certain molds. And that is not the essence of attraction marketing. The essence is embodying everything that we are and what we stand for and all of those funny quirks and our messy house and our pimple that we have today or whatever it is, um, you know, unwashed hair. I think all of those things are part of our personal brand. It makes us who we are. And if you can, so a really embrace your most authentic self and show up so authentically and then figure out how to add some value because attraction marketing is not about being selfish. It's not about us. It's about our audience and how we are going to connect with them, how we are going to serve them, how we are going to build relationships and trust with our audience. And the best way to do that is to add value. And I remember always hearing people talking about adding value and I'm like, I am at home with two kids. I have no value to add. What is this mythical value that everyone keeps talking about <laughs> and feeling really frustrated hearing that. And it wasn't until I dug a little bit deeper to figure out what my niche was, where the journey that I had been on, right? Where I had been, where I'm going and what I had learned along the way. And I think when you dive into that and sort of play around in that realm and figure it out and do look inwards, you can actually pull out so much, right? There's actually so much value that I could add. And we all have a lot of value to add. It's just about identifying it. And so I would say, yeah, that's, that's attraction marketing. And that's how I've kind of used it in my business to grow and then to start calling in the people that I want to help. Right. And so I am attracting those people because I'm speaking to them. That's awesome. Now, would you say that the best way to do that is to, I mean, even as simple as sitting down and brainstorming and just writing things down about yourself that people might find interesting or people might resonate with, or they might, you know, find a similarity with what is the best method, I guess, to start identifying that value that each individual can add to the world? Yeah. Brainstorm. Ask yourself, wh what obstacles have I overcome in the last three years? What journeys have I been on? What do I have knowledge on already? Right. We all, a lot of us went to college, university, had some kind of education. What did you learn there? What do you know? If you're a stay at home mom, like 
you have so much knowledge in that field, right? We all have so much to offer, but we just assume that the rest of the world knows it or that it's common knowledge. So yeah, brainstorming on those things, ask a friend or family member what their opinion is, right? Like, what do you, when you think of me, what do you think of? What am I really good at? If you had a problem you needed to solve, how could I help you, you know, get their insights because oftentimes we, we kind of have blinders on to the value that we can add, but the people who love us and know us, they see us differently and they can give you really good, a really good reflection of who you are. I think that's so true. And I actually recently did that. And I will say the answers surprised me. I, like you said, it's that you're speaking right to me because that's exactly what happened. I said, you know, when you, if I were to help you with something, what would I help you with? And I was thinking that they would say social selling or whatever. I was kind of putting myself in that box. Not that I'm, you know, an expert social seller by any means, but I just thought that's what people knew me for. But their answer surprised me. It was about, you know, podcasting or about clothing and fashion and all that kind of stuff. Again, not that I I don't know, but it just, it really surprised me, but it also made me really happy to know like, oh, okay, those are fields that I enjoy. Those are areas I enjoy. And I can definitely incorporate that more into my brand per se. And so that's, so I will say that is a very valuable exercise is to ask even your closest friends, because it really will surprise you what people will say that they think of when they think of you. So if you're listening and you haven't tried that yet, try it out. All right, Nicole, tell us a little bit about how you personally have leveraged personal branding. I know we've kind of talked about attraction marketing, but that all kind of plays into what we just chatted about, which is our personal brands. So tell us a little bit about how you have leveraged your personal branding as well as incorporating niche to help you grow your business. So I know that niche can be such a controversial word in this industry as well. I I know that there are people out there saying, you don't need a niche, you're multi-passionate and you can you know, show up in all of your glory and talk about all of the things and still grow. And, and then you've got other people who are so headstrong on needing a niche. And I think that there is some nuance to it, but in my personal experience and what I, how I teach my team and others is finding your niche really will just give you a lot of clarity on the type of content you want to be creating, who you're speaking to. I look at it kind of as a roadmap to showing up online. And when you don't know who you're speaking to, you're kind of all over the place, right? Like if you want to get from point A to point B, you can follow this nice little roadmap and go in a straight line, or you can be up and down and all over. And so For me, my niche, I decided because learning all of this attraction marketing and the way that I saw when I started implementing it, I doubled my business that year. I 2.5 X my paycheck. Like it was, it was a really fantastic transformation and I felt good. This was the thing. I was growing my business in a way that felt good to me. And so I knew that I wanted to help other social sellers be able to do the same thing. And so my niche is actually social sellers and I teach on attraction marketing and how to grow your business in a way that feels good. And 
by identifying that because suddenly I had all of this knowledge and all of this experience and all of these things that I could tie in, then my content strategy really fell into place and my content creation ideas are almost endless (laughs) Um, because I'm embodying it and it's, it's all a part of my world. Right. And so for me, it's been really, it's been really powerful. It's been really transformational and helping me grow my presence online, helping me grow my business. Now you might be thinking, okay, well, if your niche is social sellers, of course, it's going to help you grow your business. You can absolutely, your niche does not have to be social sellers. You can make your niche anything. Okay. So having a niche doesn't mean you only have one thing to talk about. I want to clarify that because you can have your niche, but your personal brand is all of you. And so I think there's a difference between adding value to your target audience and to the people that you want to attract and then having stories to tell, right? There's so many stories. And so for me, part of my stories are, or some of my stories are infertility. I didn't talk about this earlier, but we struggled with infertility with my first daughter. And that was something I spoke a lot about. And even still, we'll talk about sometimes because the, it's very relatable. It always starts a lot of conversations. Leaving corporate, that's part of my story. That's something I talk about. Being a girl mom, having postpartum anxiety. I've got two very spirited, emotional daughters. And I, <laughs> those are things I talk about. Do they tie into my niche of social selling? No, but that's me. So they tie into my personal brand. And I think your personal brand is actually where for me, at least. And I think for a lot of people, it's where you get a lot of engagement, right? When you're not, when you're not trying to sell something, but you are showing up authentically and being relatable, that's kind of where the magic happens. Your niche and your target audience will help you curate the content that is going to position you as an expert in a certain field that is going to help you build influence and build your presence online. I'm so glad that you took the time to define all those different areas because those are buzzwords, attraction marketing, niche, personal branding. We hear those day in, day out as social sellers, but to have it defined so well, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, Nicole, we just came off of month end, which is always a crazy time for social sellers. And it's so fun. I do enjoy month end. It's just, there's a energy, there's a buzz. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. What are some simple shifts that we can make in our daily actions or income producing activities in light of personal brand and niche and all that kind of stuff? How can we utilize all of those things that we just talked about to create a stress-free month end each month? Okay. I love that you asked that because this is something I talk to my team about all the time. We don't want to smell like commission breath, right? No. Nobody wants that panic, you know, at the end of the month where you are DMing every person who's ever messaged you or looked at your profile, you know, at nine o'clock at night on February 28th, because you're so close to hitting a goal. And you know what? I think regardless of how many leads you have or how big your business gets, that can happen, right? Because sometimes we're going to get within inches of the next thing. And sometimes, you know, you do need to pull some strings to make it happen. However, showing up within your integrity in that month end is really important. And it's something that means a lot to me. 
so there are things you can do. There are things we need to be doing in our businesses every day and every week to position us for success and a stress-free month end most of the time. And so I'm, I love that you said daily actions and income producing activities, because I talk a lot about taking action. And I think this is where so many social sellers can get hung up. You think you're taking action, but really that action <laughs> is not creating results, right? And so examples of this are listening to podcasts and we're so happy you're here. <laughs> we love you podcasting is the best and you can get so much from it, but listening to a podcast in the moment is not going to generate income in your business. Searching for inspiration on Instagram, on reels, right? Getting stuck in a real rabbit hole, not income producing, even planning and batching your reels. This is great, but it's not until you go ahead and post that you can call it an income producing activity. So I think just being really mindful of how you're spending your time, because all of the training and all of the personal development is super important, but it's not going to move the needle immediately, right? It's going to help you grow over the long term. And so in social selling, I mean, you need to be in it for the long game. Um, and, and at least you want to give it at least 90 days to see real results when you start to implement and learn and change the way you show up. So make sure that you set yourself, your mind, you have a good mindset around that, right? But things you can do every day to be generating leads are creating conversations. And that is the number one income producing activity that you can do. Create conversations, find ways to create conversations. So for example, you can, you should be commenting every day on at least five posts in your feed. You should be starting conversations in DMs through stories with at least five people. You should be showing your face in stories every day so that people feel comfortable engaging with you and using calls to action, right? DM me for this, swipe this little bar. And, and I'm not talking about sales either. I'm talking strictly engagement, ways to create conversations, ask people questions. What are you having for dinner tonight? Put a question box. You know, that's something that I always get a ton of feedback on. People love to share or um, do you hang the toilet paper roll over or under? Simple things like this. How do you guys fold your laundry? What's your favorite Costco find? What's your favorite Amazon find? These are questions that people love to answer. They love to give their feedback and they love to engage with. So creating those conversations, putting yourself out there and making yourself open to people sliding into your DMs, right? Because once that line of communication is open between you and another person, you're already five steps ahead, right? And I don't believe in pitching in DMs. So if you are in a conversation with me in my DMs, I will never try to sell you a product that you haven't shown interest in. I will continue though to ask questions, to be curious about how I might be able to help you to pro provide solutions outside of my company, right? or just to be a good friend. Because once you build relationships with people and once you're creating those conversations, and if you can hold the conversation without turning into a salesperson, that is going to set you up for more success in your month when you are simultaneously 
sharing your products and your business in stories. And I think like we talked about before, customers, consumers are very hyper aware. And so if they know that you're somebody who is going to turn a conversation back on a sale every time, they're going to think twice about commenting or DMing you because they know that they're just putting themselves into a, backing themselves into a corner. And so being able to be a human and have a conversation with, with others is, is a skill that should not be underestimated because it really is vital to the health of our businesses in the long run. Cause like you said, we're in this for the long haul. We're in this, we want this to be sustainable. This is a long game strategy. And so it's so funny that a lot of times we talk about this on the podcast is having conversations, but <laughs> it's a good reminder just to just be normal and just be human. And just like you said, make friends and make connections because you never know where that's going to lead in the future. And it doesn't have to lead anywhere just to a great friendship, but it is so vital to that long game. Exactly. Business is built on relationships, right? And so the more relationships you have overall, the more successful you are going to be in business. And that's not because you were actively trying to convert your relationships into teammates or customers, right? It just happens naturally, organically over time, which is the part that gets to feel good. Another thing I wanted to say is that when you know your niche and you know who you want to attract, it's also easier to find those people online. And that is another great way that you can start creating conversations with ideal customers and clients. Um, and so what I, something I coach on often is finding some influencers inside of your niche and then hopping into their feeds and commenting on their posts and engaging with people on their content, right? Because those people are there because this influencer, you know, is giving value that relates to what you, to relate to how you are serving people as well, right? So that is a really good hack. Facebook groups are another really great way just to create conversations. If you can be active in a Facebook group, and again, not with the intention of selling anything or sliding into people's DMs or being weird, <laughs> just showing up as a human and talking about things that you love. It's a really great way to create connections and, and create conversations. Really just finding ways to have more conversations is the key. Going on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Here we are. <laughs> All right, Nicole, a minute ago, you mentioned that we have to be willing to try something for about 90 days in order to see real results sometimes. I mean, sometimes you can see instant results. That's great. But you have to be willing to stick something out for about 90 days or so in order to see how it's working, to see what you need to tweak or shift. So speaking of that 90 days, you are in the middle of a really cool experiment, uh, a 90-day Reels Challenge that you put on yourself. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about that and how it has helped your business grow and tell us about your, just about your experience. We'd love to hear. That's so funny. I didn't even, I didn't even put two and two together, but what a beautiful segue into my 90 day real challenge. Yes. So I am 62 days in to a 90 day real challenge that Tiffany, you and I, I told you a little bit about it last time we spoke, but it honestly was something I just aligned and committed to, and I didn't invite anyone to come with me. <laughs> um, nobody was hosting this challenge. It was just something that I, I really wanted to get serious about my content strategy. 
And it's been fantastic. It's, it really has changed the way that I think about creating content because I think as social sellers and as busy moms and women, we can tell ourselves a lot of stories about what it takes to create a reel, what it takes to be consistent on social media. And I was there. I've been in this game now for three and a half years. And there was a there was probably two years where I never posted at all on my feed unless it was a birthday or something, you know, because I didn't trust myself enough to create the content and add the value and have something to say. And so I found my footing in that. And then when reels came out, that was a whole other ball game. And I know that there are so many people who are struggling, you know, with the idea of how difficult it might be to create a reel, the time it takes to create a reel. And when I first started, it did, it would take me three hours or something like this, right? Something crazy to film and do all the things, put the text bubbles, get the content. Right now, 62 days in, I can pump out a reel in five minutes. And it has been a game changer in terms of my mindset, but also my growth. So I have grown since I started this challenge I think by about, I know that I grew a hundred people from month one to month two. I have to go back and look at my numbers for month one, but I think I've grown about 200 followers, which isn't earth shattering. It's not crazy, but it's growth. And I'm seeing all of my numbers. The metrics don't lie, right? So my engagement numbers are 37% higher month over month. My accounts reached are five times the number of followers that I have. So if I can show up in my reels and reach five times more people than I can through stories or a static post, why would I not do that? You know, and I know something Tiffany, you asked and other people have asked me, are you running out of content ideas or or are you ever finding it difficult to create content? And the answer to that is not really. So I have a content bank in my phone and I highly recommend that everybody does this where if I, if somebody asks me a question or if something happens in my business, or if I see something online that triggers, you know, a thought, I will go jot that down in my content bank. Like it's all, everything's content, right? And so when I'm feeling uninspired, I can go back to that content bank and look through it. Fun fact, another really amazing part about having, knowing your target audience and knowing your niche is that you can also get some insight into what their problems are, what their fears are, what their dreams are. And when you have insight into those things, you can speak directly to your target audience, which is also content, right? That's all content ideas. And so I would say probably 90% of the reels that I've created in the last 62 days, I've been able to just pull from my content bank or from inspiration that I've had. And then the other 10%, I might scroll for a few minutes just to, you know, feel inspired or see something, something simple. But I think my takeaway message from this challenge and from my experience is it's not as hard. It doesn't have to be as hard as you make it. It can be as simple as you make it right? As simple as finding a video that already exists in your phone, matching it up to some trending audio, even throwing an overlay on it, right? So it doesn't even matter really what the video is, as long as there's video footage there and putting 
text that adds value to your target market. That is the key. And if you can do that, you're winning. So I'm really excited to see where these next 28 days take me. And I think I'm going to keep going after my 90 days is up. That's awesome. And so inspiring. I love that. I did see just the other day, I saw somebody that I follow that's, you know, positioned as an Instagram expert said something about how the statistics right now are that 80% of the best performing reels are just B-roll footage of just everyday things. And then, you know, 20% or so are those choreographed rehearsed reels, you know, with the, with the lip syncing and all that kind of stuff. So it, like you said, it can be a video of anything. It, it can be so simple. We can make it so simple. We think it has to be complicated, but it doesn't have to be. So I love that you are experimenting with everything and just seeing what works because something's going to stick. And like you said, you're just going to keep going because why not? Yeah. And I think my mindset around this is not to go viral. I'm not focused on my views. I'm not getting hung up on that. Some do well, some are don't. <laughs> right. And that's, that's just life. You never know what's going to go viral, but going viral isn't even necessarily going to impact your business. Right. So I think so many people too can get hung up on trying to create these perfect reels and that will create analysis paralysis and you'll end up not even posting it if you're trying to create something perfect because perfect doesn't exist. And so just taking the action, getting the content out, making sure that there is some value and value can be educating, entertaining, or inspiring your audience. So a nice mix of that is really good. And also just creation over consumption. I think this has really helped me to sort of shift into creation mode over just consuming so much on Instagram. Yes. We all get stuck in that and it's okay for a, for a moment. You can take a few minutes and do that. But as long as you realize that you are not moving the needle, when you do that, you have to jump back in and take action. So That's I love right. all those tips. That's great. If you want to grow your business creation over consumption. That's right. Nicole, these tips have been so helpful. So how can listeners get in touch with you and learn more? Oh, thank you. Yes, I would love for you to come follow me on Instagram. That is where I do most of my work. I am showing up there every day with all of the reels. So if you want to come check them out, you can find me at the Nicole brand. I also have a couple of freebies that might be helpful. So if you are trying to figure out your niche, or if you are trying to get clear on a content creation strategy that doesn't burn you out and doesn't scare the crap out of you, you can head over to the link in my bio and download either one of those freebies. They are really awesome guides just to get you started and help you get some clarity on how you can show up in a way that feels good and adds value to your audience. I also have a private Facebook group called the Aligned Social Seller where I go live once a week and we do work at Wednesday. So I give my audience some three actions, some tips and three actions to go and implement in their business that are income producing, that are going to help you move the needle and yeah, get those leads. So you can be set up for the most successful month end and year ahead, because really the only way to do that is to take action. I love it. And I will definitely put those links in the show notes. So listeners can just scroll down, click on those 
and follow you and all the places. So thank you again, Nicole. This has been so great just to get your practical tips and have you just kind of peel back the layers and show us a little bit of behind the scenes of what it looks like to grow a business sustainably. And I appreciate you so much taking the time to share all of your knowledge and expertise with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. I'm so honored and I hope everyone has the best year yet in their social selling businesses. Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode. In my opinion, it's way more fun to share life with a friend. So if you loved what you heard today, feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your socials so your friends can listen into the show too. Don't forget to tag me at Directly Different Podcast, and I'll be sure to give you a shout out. Speaking of social media, follow me on Instagram at Directly Different Podcast and send me a DM. I'd love to continue the conversation. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.